Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of the Living Real Podcast. This is a place for discovering what it truly means to live out real faith in real life for Christ in the real world. My name is Melanie Shaw, your host, as well as founder and editor-in-chief of Living Real Magazine. This season, we will be providing a two-part podcast every month. Part one will be opening God's Word together to grow as we deepen and strengthen the roots of our faith, to discover more about God and His character, and to pray for infusing what we learn into our everyday lives. Part two will be a conversation with a guest to encourage us along our faith walks to become more like Christ. I'm so excited about this season, and I hope you are. So are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4, and Part 1 of this Living Real Podcast. This season, we've been talking about words, and that was the theme of our Spring-Summer 2021 issue of Living Real Magazine. So if I had to come up with a word for this particular part of the podcast, I would have to say I would use influence. Because as we open the word together today, we're going to be examining a passionate plea of calling out to the Lord, which on the surface seems to be a randomly placed prayer inside a chapter of genealogy. But upon further examination, you'll realize there's nothing random about it. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9-10 through 10 is where this unusual but intentional pause draws our attention away from the conundrum of genealogy to a specific Israelite brother, a brother who is tagged more honorable than his brothers, and one who cries out to God for more territory or influence, with a caveat of exclusion from any harm that would result in pain. So here's what the word says, and I'm reading it from the English Standard Version, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9-10. through 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. We're told before this prayer that his mother named him Jabez because she bore him in great pain. What a way to begin your life. Your own mother gives you a name that means pain? But names were very significant in biblical times, and his name must have defined his life, or he would not have inserted his request for no harm or pain to come along with God's blessing and the expansion of his borders or influence. Why would God interject the significant prayer in a place most of us skip when we read the genealogy of God's people? Maybe it's just for that reason. Most of us will will never ever read about Jabez because the genealogy bores people to tears. But for those of us who do pay attention, God has something unique for us to learn and act on. When was the last time you cried out to God? And don't mean whining out, hello God, I'm in a hurry, catch you later kind of prayer, but one filled with such uninhibited faith that you poured your heart and soul into your cry. I began praying Jabez's words over 20 years ago when I was introduced to this prayer through Bruce Wilkinson's little book on this very subject. I was searching for direction, seeking God's face about how to move forward in the ministry He had already given me. A women's Christian group I was singing with at the time, together for him, actually recorded a version of Jabez's prayer. As I became more intentional about praying these words of Scripture back to God, and as they began to seep into the depths of my soul, My ears were tuning in to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me about what steps to take next. 
20 plus years later, God is still honoring that prayer. He continues to expand the borders of influence of my life beyond more than property lines. He's exposed how his will has become my heart's desire. And with his gracious more comes an expansion of influence for his glory. Not only has Living Roll Magazine been a huge part of God's expanding my territory, but just the fact that I'm recording a podcast which has the capacity to reach lives across the world brings me to my knees in gratitude and praise. But again, why Jabez's prayer? Because Jabez personifies the will of God and God always accomplishes his will. So let's think about three questions. Who has God entrusted us with today to influence for his glory? How have we seen God expand our circles of influence as we've proven to be faithful in what he's called us to do? Are we fervently praying as Jabez did, calling out to God with a sincere and wholly devoted heart for larger territory? And if not, why not? In part two of the episode um, that we will go into after this portion, we'll meet a man named Dave Wilson, the president of Palmetto Family. God has honored Dave's obedient faith and his desire for more influence for Christ by placing him in a position of influence and influencing legislative policymaking to align with the principles of God's word. Because God has intersected my family and his over the past several years, the expansion of borders is happening again. Living Rule Magazine has been asked to have a seat at the table with some very influential people who want to impact the state of South Carolina. Our Living Rule team is honored to be partnering with faith influencers such as Dave to fight the good fight for strong families and strong communities with the power of God's truth for generations to come. I hope you'll examine the prayer of Jabez, not just as some magical prayer that you see to, to um, expand your wealth and your blessings in this life, but that you'll understand that Jabez was not just seeking monetary wealth and, and territory. I believe he was seeking territory to, to expand his influence for God's glory. And that's the kind of prayer we want to pray. So as we conclude this part one um, portion of the podcast today, let's pray together. Dear Jesus, we bow our hearts before your throne today and ask you to clear our minds of any distraction that the enemy has placed before us. Help us, O oh Lord, to hear and obey your voice so we can step out in faith and trust you to move beyond the borders that we've boxed ourselves into. May we always be willing for you to expand our influence for your glory and your glory alone, and not to be afraid of what you want us to accomplish through your strength and through your power. And it's all in the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Stay tuned for part two of this episode. Welcome to part two of this episode of the Living Real Podcast. My guest today is Dave Wilson. Dave serves as the president of Palmetto Family, which is South Carolina's conservative cultural policy council focused on practical applications of a biblical worldview in today's society. Since 1991, Dave has been involved in media, politics, government, and public relations. He and his wife, Rochelle, are parents to 10 children, two in-law children, and they reside in Lexington, South Carolina. So Dave, thank you for joining me on the podcast. It is so good to be with you today. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I, and, and I have a new piece of information. So grandchild one is due. Uh-uh. <laughs> on Friday. So I, I take on new role. Oh, my goodness. Which just blows my mind sometimes. Now, you're not old enough to be a I'm grandpa. Not, thank you. I appreciate that one. <laughs> That's exciting. That, exciting. that is really exciting. 
All right, you and I actually met through attending the same church for several years, but it was in recent months where we reconnected via a breakfast meeting because the Holy Spirit really just nudged me to, <laughs> to say, you need to make contact with uh, Dave Wilson and see how Living Real can partner with them to help accomplish your mission. It was literally, I think it was week number one when I took over as yes. president of Palmetto Family. And so it was, a, it, you know, I get this phone call and I look down at my phone and, and I've got, <laughs> I have your husband's phone number in my phone and I, I'm like, I don't know this phone number. And so no offense, I just don't answer right. certain phone calls. And, and so I listened to the voicemail. I was like, oh, it's Melanie. I should call her back. And, <laughs> and so we get together and it was great because this was one of the first times I had actually, as taking on this position as president, to be able to sit down and say, hey, kind of here's what we're thinking about doing. Mm -hmm. And your response was just like what I was hearing over and over and over again from people, that, which was, we need this. Oh. Yes. We need this happening in our community because it's not been happening recently. Mm -hmm. And that was an important kind of confirming moment for us to be able to turn around and say, yeah, we're doing exactly where what we need to be doing, where God wants us to be. Yep, that's awesome. Well, I just, you know, we want to help accomplish this mission, but we need you to state, what is the mission of Palmetto Family? So Palmetto Family is, and, and we use the phrase, the cultural guardrails of South Carolina. We focus on cultural policies, especially that happen within the state of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. I had a friend of mine phrase it one day, you know, they were like, well, you're involved in politics and you know, what, does that really matter? And I said, here's the thing about it. If you take the parable of the sower and the seeds, sometimes the best crop yield comes from the best fertilized ground. Mm -hmm. And what we try to do as a cultural public policy organization that's connected with churches and with family issues is to, as best we can, fertilize the ground of South Carolina so that we can have the greatest opportunity, one, for the gospel to be shared, Mm -hmm. Two, for churches and, and members of churches to be able to grow and flourish and thrive so that people can look and go, what is it that makes you different than what I see in the rest of the world? And through that, be able to come back in and say, well, it's all about Jesus mm -hmm. because that's really what it's all about. And right. so we work with members of the House and members of the Senate. We work with the, with the governor. We work with our legislative delegations across the state to be able to set up a kind of that guide guide rail kind of guardrail line that says, hey, here's a direction that you need to be taking policy or you're working on this particular policy. Here's a way for you to be able to look at it more from a conservative, biblical worldview perspective and help people who are the same Bible-believing people that you and I are to understand how to take the Word of God and apply it in that world. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just so awesome to be able to think of it in those terms, um, fertilizing the ground and then allowing God's fruit to just come from, from exactly. that point. Well, the mission of living real with real life, real faith, real people, we give a platform to, to people to, to share how um, their faith infects and affects life all the way through. So not just in your church life or not just in this life or or in your family or whatever, but faith is it's a part of us. It's our DNA. It's how we function. Faith is holistic. And it, yes. you have to look at it from that perspective. You can't just look at it and go, this is what I do on Sunday morning. Right. I don't look at it for the work that we do and go, oh, this is what I do when I'm at the state house. Or this is what I'm doing when I'm meeting with pastors. It is, how do we take that biblical worldview, that worldview that says, this is not about me. Mm -hmm. I'm here because God has me on mission. Helping to people to understand where is your mission field? What does God wanting you to be doing with that? And are you doing it most effectively? Exactly. And so that's part of what it is. So how did your faith steer you to the position you're oh, in now? It is a very interesting story. <laughs> so I was actually running a, a friend of mine's state Senate campaign. We flipped a state Senate seat in Spartanburg, South Carolina, a guy who'd been there for 30 years. My One of my dearest friends, Josh Kimbrell, was running for that state Senate seat, came down with COVID. Mm. And, you know, 
in running a campaign, you have to do all the things that have to be done. And we needed to put out signs. And I, I literally drove to Spartanburg, South Carolina at 530 in the morning so I could start putting out signs for four hours before lunch. It was on a drive back that I got a phone call from Dr. Tony Beam. Now he's head of the World Outreach Center at North Greenville University. He's a radio talk show host in, in Greenville. And he is also the public policy office for the Baptist Convention. He is the guy who's over that. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, Dave, your name has come up three different times in the last two weeks. We wanna see, would you be willing to have a conversation about becoming president of Palmetto Family? Well, that's one of those places, Melanie, where you can kind of look and you, you kind of stare in Southern and go, huh? <laughs> like, really? Is this what you want? And I said, well, you know, I'll gladly sit down and have a conversation with anybody, especially if you want to take me out to eat, because a great meal and a great conversation is never a bad thing. Exactly. So I said, okay, well, let's sit down and we'll talk about it. And until so we got together, he said, this is what we're looking for. And I was like, hmm, I, I can do this. But, you know, I'm going to really, I really need to know whether or not this is what the Lord's calling me to. So let me think about it. Let me pray about it. Let me talk with my wife. She was like, if, that's, if you feel it's what the Lord's calling you to, then okay. I said, well, I just, Lord, I'm going to need a vision for what you want. Mm -hmm. It was that fast. Wow. It reminded me of a trip. And, and, and I appreciate the opportunity to be able to write the article Guardrails that's in yes. the magazine. It is the story of how I came into this position with Palmetto Family. My kids were, were with me. I was managing the Bassmaster Elite Series marketing in 2019. The Bassmaster Classic, the Super Bowl of Fishing is happening mm -hmm. in Knoxville, Tennessee. I literally have to come back to Columbia, a four hour drive for a one hour Senate hearing. Wow. So, you know, I've got six kids that still live at home. I told my wife, I'm gonna take for the kids with me and go back so she can have staycation at home. And as we're driving back up, we're, we're driving up that windy mountain road that leads to Asheville, North Carolina, and beyond that was gonna be Knoxville. And the sun was starting to set over the hills there in Asheville. And it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the beautiful sunset in March. And, and as we got there, it dawned on me. I still have two and a half more hours to go in the mountains, in the dark. Mm. And as we began to drive through, I was like, I'm getting kind of nervous about this. Not that I haven't driven the mountains before, but then everybody's headlights turned on. And when the headlights of the cars turned on, it dawned on me. There are reflectors on those guardrails that are literally like the airport runway lights guiding my every turn. Mm -hmm. So I had my GPS that gave me my long-term, yes, you still have two and a half more hours until you get to Knoxville. And I could kind of see what the road was doing, you know, a couple of miles ahead as I'm looking at my GPS. But the reflectors on the guardrails were literally defining my every turn that I needed to make as I'm winding my way up the mountain. Mm -hmm. And it was as if the Lord said, this is what Palmetto family has to do. 10 years ago, there was a really strong economic policy group called the, the South Carolina Policy Council. It was run by the gentleman who's now the former ambassador to Switzerland and Liechtenstein, uh, Ed McMullen. And there was the Palmetto Family Council with Dr. Oren Smith. And so we had a good economic and a good cultural policy council, but as, as Ed moved on into the Trump administration, as Oren moved on to do work he's doing in education, those guardrails started to fall apart and we really didn't have that real here's what we need to be doing and guiding the policies that take place in South Carolina especially with what we see in the state house and and the lord was so abundantly clear melanie he's like palmetto family has to be the guardrails but it's going to take the churches and the pastors and the congregations as the reflectors on that guardrail reflecting the light and love of Jesus Christ mm in their community. It goes back to the story in Nehemiah. You know, how many days did it take for the children of Israel to rebuild the wall? It took 52 days. 52 days to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem because every person was responsible for his or her own section of the wall. And when you begin to realize that you're reflecting the light and love of Jesus Christ where you are in your community, 
I'm doing it where I am in my community. Your husband's doing it in his world within the work that he does in your community. My wife's doing it. And as we look and we grow out, we are working together as Christians collectively. Right. To be guides to our community to say, we're pointing you to Jesus Christ in everything that we do. So that's that literal split second understanding of where God was going was a confirmation for me mm-hmm. that, okay, I, I'm not going to pull a Jonah here. <laughs> I don't want to spend three, you know, three days in the belly of a fish. So I'm going to go with this Lord, but I don't really know if this is what you want. I was having my best year in business ever hmm. in, in public relations work and, and, and things were going great. But the Lord was like, I've got something else that needs to be done. So you take the step, and that's, right. and that's where he's got us right now. Exactly, because it's those steps of blind faith, basically, that he takes and honors and does just amazing things with that you never dreamed or imagined exactly. would right. happen. Um, that's the way it's been with this magazine. You know, I've talked about many, many times that I didn't know anything about publishing a magazine. I had no idea how to start it, anything like that. But God called me to it. And when he called me to it, I had to say yes. And when I said yes, then those blocks started falling into place. People that he had already networked into my life that could, you know, show me the way of how, what to do. He wasn't going to leave me in a hole by myself. He was going to make it happen. Right. It's his idea. So he's going to give us the strength and equip us to be able to do what he's called us to do. So, well, in that article um, that we just published in the spring-summer 2021 um, issue of the magazine, you mention a term, spiritual vertigo. You say this is where our culture has has gone. And so I want you to explain a little bit about that on the podcast. You know, when we think about how our society looks today, mm-hmm. it seems so upside down. Uh, my My grandfather... Um, about a year before he passed away, um, was taking care of my grandmother, who had been a nurse for years. And she was having vertigo. She couldn't get up. She couldn't move. When he got sick with pancreatic cancer, all of a sudden, everything flipped for her and and she got back to normal. But she lived a whole time period of her life where up was down and down was up. And she really just had no stability that she Mm -hmm. felt. And if you look at society today, we have cultural vertigo. The things that we considered for the longest time to be normal is now considered to be abnormal. The things that we considered abnormal, they're trying to normalize. You're trying to normalize things like sexual orientation and gender identity. Well, the reality is God, male and female, he created them. He didn't create 138 different versions of gender identity for us to be able to pick and choose from. Right. Your chromosomes are XX, mine are XY. We can go down to the DNA of how God created us, down to the smallest of strands and see his signature. Right. That's different for you than it is for me. Mm -hmm. And in that signature, we're actually, when we choose not to identify with ourselves, we're telling God, God, you were wrong. Exactly. And that just flies in the face of the realities that the Word of God tells us. And, and so you look at it and we're trying to, you know, we, we've got things like the, the, the buildup of gay marriage and the LGBT2 plus community. You've got things that are going on where you've got parents who are saying that they can't have things going on with their kids. You've got churches that are being shut down by the state. You've got all of these different things that are happening. It's not necessarily happening in in our community here in South Carolina, but it is happening. Mm -hmm. When you have a pastor in Canada who is literally thrown into a maximum security prison for hosting church, that's backwards. Mm -hmm. That is down is up and up is down. And the word of God tells us there will be a time period where things look right to man, but the reality is it's completely backwards. And it leads to destruction. And it does. And and I think way too often it is easy for 
society to kind of take the herd mentality of, well, everybody's doing this, so we'll just go along with it. And, and if we do that, that's great. But somewhere along the way, you keep doing that and going back to the whole concept of guardrails. The reason that you need a guardrail there is because without it, you're going to drive yourself right off the edge of the cliff. And that's what we're seeing in society right now. Right. The chaos and the confusion, making up rules as you go along, changing it from day to day where, you know, it's not the same, but we serve a God that never changes. Right. And, and I think it, you even alluded to in your article how, you know, it's the shifting shadows. That's what our culture is doing. It's, it's, it's just shifting constantly. And if we don't have something to ground us then, like you said, we're going to fall off the cliff. The family's going to be destroyed. The, and, all and of there, that. And there are forces, Melanie, there are forces that are wanting to see that happen. Yes. They are wanting to see the destruction of the family. They're wanting to see a, a, a breakdown of society mm-hmm. to then be able to go back and rebuild it into their own fashion. Exactly. And that's, that is a, that's a big concern for me as a dad it's a concern for me in my position as president of Palmetto Family. As a Christian, I sit here and I go, how far are they going to want to take us? And are we at a point where we can pull ourselves back and say, wait a minute, you may want to do that, but not in my backyard. Right, right. Calling evil good and, and good, good evil. evil is exactly. exactly where we're headed. Um well, I, I think I also connected with you a little bit before I even called you, was when South Carolina, the legislature recently passed the heartbeat bill. Right. And I was just ecstatic that we have gotten something like that passed through legislation that recognizes when life begins and that life is precious. No matter how it was conceived, life is precious and God has a design and a plan and has ordained that child's days even before one begins um, which is the Psalm 139 my own scripture picture that I love to, to share and that bill was just I don't know it's just it just brought joy to me yeah so explain a little bit then how Palmetto family um, helped with the process of getting that bill passed. So let's rewind the clock about six years. Okay. The idea of a heartbeat bill um, was the idea of a representative by the name of John McCravey. He is a representative from Greenwood, South Carolina. John had the idea, if, if we could pass a bill that says, if there's a heartbeat, then we're going to protect that life. Mm-hmm. It took six years from that idea to getting that bill passed in the South Carolina House. It makes its way over through the legislative process. If you've ever watched, you know, Schoolhouse Rock, this is, I'm just a bill. It crossed <laughs> over to the South Carolina Senate and they couldn't get it passed. The clock ran out, COVID happened, the end of the legislative session came and went and it was over and it was done with. In 2020, when we say elections have consequences, there were five seats that were flipped in the South Carolina House from liberal to conservative. Mm -hmm. In so doing, they picked up three seats in the South Carolina Senate. The Senate leadership recognized that and made the very first bill, what they call Senate Bill Number 1, the heartbeat bill. They're like, we'll take it up first. Sure, we'll do our part. And we'll, we'll do what we couldn't have done before. So Palmetto Family, when we came in, we kind of served as the quarterback of other organizations. Because you have South Carolina Citizens for Life. You have the Baptist Convention. You have the, the Diocese of Charleston uh, with the Catholic Church. Um, you had other groups, the Prices Pregnancy Centers. You had groups that were like that that had been working together for a long time with a group called the One Message Group. Um, In my position coming in as president of Palmetto Family, I basically came in to basically step in to quarterback or or to to be like the the offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of stuff, you know, when I was a football commentator and and I did uh, calling football and and baseball, I had a lot of views from the box. And you can see what's happening sometimes on the field where being on the field that you can't. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to, through my experience, having worked in the South Carolina Senate for several years, having been involved in politics since the days of Carol Campbell in, in the early 90s, 
I was able to say, let's work on making these things happen and coordinate the efforts of groups like Citizens for Life, who has been the leader on this issue for decades, mm-hmm. uh, with the Baptists, with the Catholics, working with our crisis pregnancy centers to really stand up and bolster the work that our state senators were doing to say, we've got your back. No matter what happens, we're going to support what it is that you're doing. The Senate passes the bill in an amazingly quick time. Hmm. Sends it over to the South Carolina House. We work with members of the House over there. We get it through. We went from a bill that took six years to go from an idea to passing the House. We passed it all the way through the Senate, all the way through the House, and had the governor sign it within six weeks. Miracles. I can't. I can't sit there and say anything other than God worked. I just was grateful to be along for the ride. Mm. That's that's just it's just amazing and was just um, I don't know. I just think God's going to honor that and the efforts to just stand firm on His word right. and what He says, and because His word is truth, um, it, it it gives life. His truth is life. Right. And so why would we not want to support life that's created by him? Right. Just I just don't oh, and, and here's the interesting part, Melanie, and, mm-hmm. and Representative McCravey said this on the speech as they were getting ready to vote for this. You know, the Constitution in America, if it's not covered by the within the federal constitution, the responsibility of whatever it is legislatively is up to the states. Mm-hmm. It's in the Tenth Amendment. And when we talk about the the issue of life, what we do in South Carolina can be very different than what happens in North Carolina or Georgia because our political boundaries mean something. You know, in, in New York, they passed a, the, a bill within the legislature and signed it into law that said that you can abort a child up to birth. And they had people standing there and clapping in the halls of their state house mm-hmm. on that issue. You had the attorney general in, in California who was unwilling to prosecute issues when it came to issues of life. You had the governor of Virginia who literally said, if there's a child born with some sort of defect or some sort of issue, let the child be born and set the child aside and then decide what you're going to do with it. Right. That, to me, is just ignoring the, the signature of God in every single life. Yeah, and it's the progression of evil. Exactly. You know, it may start at two weeks, or it may then go to three months, and then it's gone all the way to a child can actually be born, and we can still decide whether we want to take that life or not. Exactly. And that's just the progression. It is. Yeah, exactly. Well, real quick, I want us to... Um, mentioned the seven core values of Palmetto family. Um, I was definitely humbled and honored to be a part of the uh, gala that you had on April the 29th, where Vice President Mike Pence came in. You got a little piece of paper with something on there? I did. I actually have it right over there. Um, secured in a plastic covering. So <laughs> Just so every, for everybody who can't see it, I'm sure she'll <laughs> post it up on Facebook. Uh, Vice President Pence, when we were talking with him afterwards, we showed him the copy of, of the magazine, the article. He said, bring it over to me real quick. He signs it to, to Melanie in Living Real Magazine just for the work that you do. I mean, the, bringing the realities of living the Christian life into the day-to-days of what does that look like? Right. Because and that was, you know, it was. we were grateful that, that the vice president was there as part of our gala. Mm-hmm. And Vice President Pence is a great guy. He is a, he is a it, one of the most humble, yes. real yes. people. Uh, what you see is what you get. Uh, you know, when mm-hmm. you spend time in politics, you have people and you see how they are out on stage. And then you see somebody totally different when, the, when you're behind the, the scenes. You don't have that with him. He mm-hmm. was legitimate through and through. In, in everything that we have ever done with him. And so that was just a real, I'm glad you got a little uh, plastic oh, yeah. sleeve on that one I somewhere. did. I don't want that to smear at all. So <laughs> thank you, Vice President Mike Pence, if you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> I do appreciate it. So let's just touch on those seven core values because I think this speaks to the heart of Palmetto Family and what your convictions are and what you truly stand for. So if you take a look at the Palmetto Family logo, it's the Palmetto tree in the middle and there's seven stars that go around. And I was actually, ironically, I was part of the marketing strategy team that helped put this together. And and as we were working on that, we were like, well, what is it that you're really standing for? And these were the four areas. It has to do with faith, with marriage, 
with parenting, with life, with culture, with education and commerce. Because the thing about it is this, when you look at it, our faith drives everything that we do. Like we said a minute ago, it's a holistic approach. Um, Marriage is the foundation of that. And the, the marriage between a man and a woman, the family that comes from that, the the expression that that is of the the love of Christ and the church mm-hmm. reflected in human existence. It's just amazing to us, you know, from a standpoint of parenting and growing and building the next generation of of believers to expand what the kingdom does. And when you think about it from the issue of life, like we were saying just a moment ago, you know, we, we pushed and worked really hard on a heartbeat bill because a heartbeat is a sign of life. You can't have life without having your heartbeat. And, and the thing is, if you don't have that fundamental right first and foremost in what you're doing, our Constitution says that. We have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right to life is the first right given. Mm-hmm. Um, our culture has got to see that. And as we were talking about before, we have, we're seeing all around us cultural vertigo. I mean, you can't turn on Netflix without seeing cultural vertigo where we're celebrating things like Lucifer and we're celebrating, you know, the gay pride and we're celebrating families that are being broken apart because of just the, the trash that's honestly out there. Mm-hmm. And that just you know, it breaks your heart when you see those types of things. So we've got to stand for the culture. We've got to stand for giving parents the ability to make the choices that they need to educate their kids because the reality is we're seeing more and more and more where there is a a cultural um, aberration that's existing sometimes within our education system, where our kids are being taught based upon the color of who you are or what race you are or what sex you are, you're right or you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Critical race theory is beginning to spread like a cancer in education. I did an article, uh, was interviewed for an article with the state newspaper when the pandemic struck because I know a lot of the reporters that are there and they were like, well, you know, we see a lot of growth in things like charter schools and a lot of kids moving to private schools. These schools were open. Mm-hmm. They're there. Our public schools, a lot of them still aren't even to five days a week yet. Now, whether or not you agree with that part or not, here's the reality. I, as a dad with 10 kids, have made different educational choices for many of my kids, some went and, and I had them taking classes in one place. Others, I had to do it in another because I know and understand that each one of my children is unique and different. Mm-hmm. And so I'm giving, I want to have that greatest educational opportunity for them so that they can have what they need to then be able to express their faith even more so. And then, you know, the reality is we talk about this from a commerce standpoint. You know, God created us to work. Yes. The, the the caring for the garden didn't happen after the fall. How hard it was came after the fall. But God has created us for that. He wants us to be productive in what it is that we do because that is, yet again, a place where we're reflecting God's creativity. We're reflecting God's creation, his ability to... He doesn't need us to turn around and, and do anything. He can create the universe without us. Right but he would much rather work in us and with us and through us from the simplest things of the microphone that we've got right here in front of us. And somebody had to come up with the idea of how do you create this mm-hmm. to the lights that we have, to the ability for us to be able to, to listen to a podcast like this, mm-hmm. which just a few years ago seemed way out there. Right. And, and the great part about it is today, anybody in the world can be listening to this conversation. So wherever you are in the world, you know, we're glad you're tuning in, um, but we want to see that kind of hard work, and we want to see, we want to see a, a generation of people who understand that value. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing about it, you know, we're supposed to bring a tenth into the storehouse. I want to see our churches and our congregations. I want to see the communities that we have be as successful as they possibly can, so that when we bring that tenth in, that tenth is a little bit more than it was the previous time. Because it's with that and through that. I'm not saying God has to have our money, but he wants our heart and our heart gets reflected in how we spend that money. Right, right. But if we're working hard and we're doing those things, that is an investment back into the work that God is doing through the church, that is doing through the ministries that we have all across our our country, all across the world that are sharing the gospel. And that's, you know, that's an important part of understanding 
it's not just about making money. It's about making a difference. Right. And how you, how you spend and how you use that money. Exactly. All right. Well, we are coming to a close. Um, so as we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you if there was anything else you wanted to share with our audience today. Um, so one of the important things that we are looking at right now is how do we engage the next generation? Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about it, my my first grandchild is is coming any like minute now. <laughs> and I think about what his life is going to be like in the world that he is going to be in. I sit here and and realize God has me where he has me right now. I'm grateful for the things that I've been able to do. But I also know that you know my time is here and where he has me here is now and there will be somebody else who comes back after me. There'll be that next generation. And so we are working right now to engage that next generation to help them understand what it means to have a biblical worldview. How does that apply to you in your work? in your relationships, in your schooling, in your community involvement? How does that look when you're involved with your church, when you're involved with your work, when you're involved with all of these different aspects? Because like we said a moment ago, it's a holistic approach. And so when you can bring that biblical worldview into everything that you do, it really has an impact. And so we know that this next generation of of young people are a very different kind of generation. I mean, there's a, I'm just going to phrase it. There's a lot of laziness that's there and there's a lot of, you know, I've got to be comforted and you got to give me Play-Doh and, you know, I've got to have my little safe zone. The reality is sometimes the safest zone that you have is to being out there in a place that really kind of challenges you Mm -hmm. and brings you to that point of going, all right, I've got to step it up now. Mm-hmm. And I think God's calling us to that place right now. I think God's calling us to call the next generation to step it up. I'm, I'm blessed to have 10 kids. There are certain days where my hair gets grayer because of 10 <laughs> kids. Um, you know. And so when I think about what I want to see happening within my community, when I want to see what happens within my state, I think what God wants to see happening is we're energizing that next group of people to come up behind us, to pick up the mantle and run with it, just like the previous generations did for us. But if we don't have a plan and a strategy, they will get sucked in by the cultural vertigo so quickly, it will be like a whirlwind tidal pool that just sucks them straight down. And that's the place where we can't lose them. Right. That remnant still needs to be there. I had the privilege of being able to teach a government and economics class this year at Arrows Academy here in, in Columbia. And I didn't have time to teach it. Didn't really. I, I enjoy teaching, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But with what I had going on, the legislature, what we had going on, starting a new job in right. January in the middle of a school year, um, I was like, yeah, I don't really have time for this. And I told my class that, I said, I, I wanna be here, but I don't have time to be here. So I need you to understand, when you come in, I need you to bring your A game. That we're gonna go through stuff because you will either be lied to by a society that will tell you certain things, and if you don't know the truth, you're going to get lost. I have the privilege of being able to teach at a place that I can also speak to it from a gospel perspective. Right. I said, just like the children of Israel, there was a remnant that was left. There, You are the remnant. You are in this classroom because God put you in this classroom. I had 11 students. Hmm. And, you know, I'll tell you, Melanie, at the end of the, the first semester, one of their assignments was, what did you finished this semester with that you didn't think you were going to have. And I had a student who was 18, senior in high school. He voted in a presidential election for the first, he voted in in any election for the first time in his life. Mm -hmm. He said, I now actually understand why it's so important for me to know the issues and know the people. I studied every single candidate that was on my ballot all the way down to the smallest person on on county council. Wow. And I voted for every single, in every single category, knowing who I was voting for and why. Wow. That speaks volumes. If we had 
adults that did that same sort of thing. Exactly. We would have we would be we would be voting our values. Yes. We would be voting what we believe. And and so often we get caught into, as we said a minute ago, that herd mentality, that tide that says, Hey, listen, we're all going this way. And sometimes Just follow me. Follow me. And and the reality is it kind of is that old fish t shirt. You remember the Jesus fish t shirt? Yeah. Go against the flow. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we gotta go against the flow. Exactly. And we've got to recognize where that is. And so we're trying to we're working with our Christian colleges and our universities to come up with a strategy. My friend, Governor Scott Walker, the former governor of Wisconsin, uh, is now head of the Young Americans Federation. And so he's actually going to be helping us coordinate and bring in a great group of, of speakers and, and a, some ideas that will help engage that next generation and get them thinking in a way that takes a biblical worldview and allows them to start applying it all throughout their lives. Right. I think it just all goes back to the bottom line is to be able to do any of this, because it sounds so overwhelming, you know, when you talk about we've got to do this with policy, we've got to do this with the next generation, we got to do this, 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 and this. It's that if we are not grounded in the Word of God and in the truth, right. and if we are not allowing God to grow us up and deepen our roots and put on the mind of Christ— there's no way we can even attempt. No, because we're going to get we're this. going to get sucked in like everything That's else. Right. So you you can't just right. You know, think on the the surface part of this. This all goes back to who we are in Christ, being those reflectors. Right. Just in day to day conversation, in day to day meetings with people, you know, is Christ visible? And when Christ is visible, people then, want that they they want, want it because they see it yes. and they go there's there's something i i don't i can't put my finger on it but there's something different about you mm-hmm. if you're listening and you have that moment happen in your life just recognize the holy spirit is blazing around yes. you because there is in the in the clutter and in the mire of this world for somebody to see something different is an amazing representation of Jesus Christ in that person's world and the Holy Spirit working through that to light a pathway to Jesus for them, perhaps through you. Right. We've got to be those reflectors and, and radiate do. that light that exactly. we're called to be, the salt and the, the light of the world. Well, we need to wrap up. So I want you to give out the um, website or the so link. Two, two, to things, to- two things that people can do to get involved in what right. it is that we do at Palmetto Family. You can go to palmettofamily.org. Uh, there are, you can read some of the articles that we put up, keep up to date with what's going on. Uh, if you're listening on your cell phone right now, as soon as this is over, just text guardrails to 76076. If you type guardrails to 76076, that's G-U-A-R-D-R-A-I-L-S, to 76076. That will send you a text back that allows you to get connected in with what we're doing. It helps us to be able to keep you informed of what's happening, with what's happening within our legislature, what's happening on policy side, how to get involved in what we're doing as a ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it, it takes money to run a ministry. Um, and as you heard me say Thursday night, I don't look for donations. I look for investors because what we will guarantee you is this, a return on investment. Right. Exactly. Because every dollar that comes through the door for us is money that we plug into to be able to turn around and do those things that exponentially impact our community. I was just meeting with my staff literally before coming over here. And I said, you know, guardrails is where we are this year exponential growth exponential is our word for next year Mm -hmm. be thinking about what that looks like and how we convey what it is that we do because we've got to help people to understand god didn't leave us here to do addition he left us here to do multiplication and that is an exponential growth factor Exactly, exactly. Well, if you want to read Dave's um, story um, in Living Real, then you can go to also livingrealmag.com, livingrealmag.com, and read his story there. And it has been an awesome privilege to be able to interview you today, but I want to pray for you before we conclude today, okay? Okay. Heavenly Father, we are just in awe, just in awe of who you are. We thank you for Jesus Christ.
for the light of the world, for the one who has transformed us, who has redeemed us, restored us, and uh, renewed our relationship with you. Father, I want to pray over Dave and over Palmetto family and his own family today as um, we know that you have called him and purposed him to um, express your glory in this place. We know, Father, that you have equipped him with talents and gifts to use to um, move our state forward, to set up those guardrails, to keep guardrails in place that are already there, to make a difference and an impact in this world, and to radiate Christ in all he says and all he does. I just pray a special um, blessing over him and favor and grace as he continues to walk the walk and talk the talk, and he seeks to um, live Christ every single day because his faith is his DNA. It is who he is. And Father, I pray that Jesus Christ is seen in everything that he says and everything that he does, and that you are glorified through it all. Thank you for our time today, and I just pray, Father, that um, you would be magnified. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Now I'm going to ask a favor. Yes, you may. I want to return the favor real quick. Oh, that would be awesome. I want to pray. Father, I am so grateful for Melanie. I thank you for Living Real Magazine. I thank you for the ministry that this is. To everyone who picks up a copy, everybody who reads it, every article that's there, every word that's been written, for those who are listening right now, if you've gotten this far, you're this far for a reason. Because we're praying for you right now because there are situations that are going on in your world where you're sitting there going, am I making a difference? You are. And we're grateful, Lord, that you have placed every person here who is listening to this podcast right now. We pray, God, that you would inspire them, that you would encourage them, that you would help them to see where you have them in their communities reflecting the light and love of Jesus Christ to the world around them. Help them, Lord, to be able to be a protective guardrail for the things that are happening where they are. Mm. And Lord, I pray that you would just work with all of us together to help steer people to the fertile grounds of Jesus Christ. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. And until next time, keep it real for Jesus' sake. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Living Real Podcast. I hope you've been encouraged today to draw closer to Christ through His Word, to pray for a heart that's fully devoted to Him, and to engage with your circle of influence as you seek to live like Christ. I'm already looking forward to our time together next month. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Living Real Mag, and visit our website at www.livingrealmag.com. Until next time, we are in your corner cheering you on to live real for Jesus' sake.